ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Really the praise belongs to Allah we praise him and seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whomever Allah guides there's no one that can lead him astray and whomever Allah leads astray there's no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger uh this evening we would like to continue in our series talks concerning the explanation of the risala or the small essay of al imam ahmed ibn hanbal rahimahullah uh He begins his book Usul al-Sunnah by saying that the fundamental principles of the Sunnah with us, yani with the people of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the fundamental principles of the Sunnah with us are holding fast to what the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were upon. Number two, taking them, that is the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and their way as a model to be followed. Number three, the abandonment of innovations, and every innovation is misguidance. And four, the abandonment of controversies, the abandonment of sitting with the people of ahwa, desires, and the abandonment of quarreling, argumentation, and controversy in the religion. Then he says, and the sunnah was with us, are the athar or the narrations of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and goes on to explain the status of the sunnah, its role and its relationship to the Qur'an. We discussed in the previous lectures what is the meaning of usulu sunnah, who are the ahli sunnah wal jama'ah, what is the meaning of the sahaba, who are the companions, who are considered the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and also in the last discussion we talked about two principles which are the most important and they are actually the fundamental principles of the sunnah uh, that is holding fast to that which the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were upon that is the Quran and the sunnah and taking the companions of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as an example or as a model to be followed to be emulated and to be imitated Also, we discussed the second principle, which is leaving or abandoning innovations. And as mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, every innovation is misguidance. And every form of misguidance leads to the hellfire. This evening, inshallah, we would like to continue after these two principles, adhering to what the companions of the Prophet ﷺ were upon, taking them as an example and abandoning innovations or newly invented matters in the religion that have no basis 
from the revelation of the Quran and the Sunnah, he goes on, that is, Imam Ahmed goes on to say, also from the Usul Sunnah, is Tarku al Khusumat. Tarku al Khusumat wa Tark al Julusi ma'a ashab al Ahwa wa Tark al Mira'i wal Jidali wal Khusumati fiddin. The abandonment of controversies and the abandonment of sitting with the people of Al-Ahwa, the people who follow their own desires, who reject and turn away from the correct way as founded in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, leaving off or abandoning quarreling, argumentation and controversy in the religion. This, uh, these two principles, that is, avoiding the mixing with and sitting with and listening to the people of deviation and the people of innovation and avoiding arguing, quarreling and controversy in the religion are also two of the fundamental principles or usul of this religion of Islam or usul of the Sunnah and after these principles inshallah we would like to discuss the Sunnah, the status of the Sunnah and its relation to the Qur'an, and then go into the uh, main points of the Islamic Aqidah, which are based on these fundamentals. First, the first of these points of this evening that we want to talk about is avoiding sitting with or mixing with the people of innovation, those people who preferred to follow their own opinions and to use their own standards instead of the fundamentals or the standards from the Quran and Sunnah. From the Quran, Surah An-Nisa, that is chapter 4, verse 140, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَقَدْ نَزَّلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الْكِتَابِ أَنْ إِذَا سَمِعْتُمْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ يُكْفَرُ بِهَا وَيُسْتَهْزَأُ بِهَا فَلَا تَقْعُدُوا مَعْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُوضُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِ إِنَّكُمْ إِذَا مِثْلُهُمْ The saying of Allah, the meaning of which is that definitely there has been revealed to you in the book, that is in the Qur'an, this point. That if you hear the ayats of Allah, the verses of Allah, إِذَا سَمِعْتُمْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ يُكْفَرُ بِهَا وَيُسْتَهْزَأُ بِهَا if you hear the verses of Allah or the ayats of Allah being denied, being disbelieved, or being made mockery of, then Allah prohibits us. فَلَا تَقْعُدُوا Then do not sit with those people who are mocking or making mockery of the verses of Allah or the religion of Allah until they 
turn away from that speech to some other speech. إِنَّكُمْ إِذَا مِثْلُهُمْ For verily, if you sit with them while they are making mockery of Islam, making mockery of the Qur'an or denying the Qur'an, then you would be like them. That is, you would be one of them. This verse from the Qur'an is very clear and all of the scholars of hadith in their explanation or the scholars of tafsir in their explanations of this ayah pointed to the prohibition of sitting with the people who deny the ayats of Allah whether it is the Qur'an or Sunnah or any aspect of the religion of Islam that is known to be part of Islam that is well founded and established whoever denies it or makes mockery of it then we are prohibited to sit with them whether they are disbelievers whether they are innovators or whatever they may be from amongst the hypocrites or otherwise we are prohibited to sit with them uh, either if we can stop them from such speech then we should do so and if we cannot then we should leave from amongst them otherwise we would be classified as being one of them also the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, which is narrated in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and also the Sunan of Abu Dawood and others and it is an authentic hadith it is reported from the Prophet وسلم, that he said من سمع بالدجال فلينع عنه فلينع عنه ما استطاع فإن الرجل يأتيه وهو يحسب أنه مؤمن فما يزال به حتى يتبعه لما يرى معه من الشبهات The Prophet ﷺ warned us that in the future there is going to come one who is known as the Antichrist, Al-Dajjal and that one, the Prophet ﷺ told us that if we are present in his time and we hear about him then we should stay far away from him as best as we can, to the best of our ability because certainly a man may come to him thinking that man thinking that he is a believer, that he is a strong believer and he can sit with a Dajjal, he could listen to his speech and not be affected by him the Prophet ﷺ is warning us that this will happen that a man who thinks he is a strong believer considering himself as such would go to Dajjal he would sit with him and listen to him until he would be affected by him and follow him because of what he may see that one at Dajjal doing he would become confused, he would become overwhelmed. So he warned us not to sit and listen to such speech because it may affect our hearts. One of the scholars, Ibn Bakta, who wrote a famous book, Al-Ibana, about the Islamic Aqeedah, may Allah have mercy on him, speaking about this hadith, he said, this is the speech of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. All Muslims, all people from amongst the Muslims, don't let any one of you be carried to putting his religion in danger because he thinks well of himself or thinks well of his يعني, correct position in the deen and correct understanding of the deen. Don't let such يعني, good thinking of yourself lead you to put your religion in danger by sitting with the people of deviation and the people of Al-Ahwa desires who follow their own ways because these people they are more difficult or hard 
on the believer than a Dajjal. He said, the effect of these people is such that it is worse than the speech of Ad-Dajjal and whoever sits with them, then they would likewise be affected. And the companions of the Prophet ﷺ warned us from sitting with the people of deviation or the people who rejected or disassociated themselves from the clear evidences of Qur'an and Sunnah and the understanding of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu such as the words of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu he said or it was said that a man came to him and said to Anas Ya Aba Hamza O oh, the father of Hamza his kunya he said to him Laqitu qawman yukathibuna bishafa'ati wa bi'athab al-qabri he said I met some people who were denying the truthfulness or the fact that there would be intercession on the day of judgment by permission from Allah either intercession by the prophets or intercession by the martyrs or intercession by those whom Allah would give permission to intercede they denied this intercession on the day of judgment and they denied the punishment of the grave they denied that people would be punished in the grave before the resurrection and these are things that are confirmed in the Quran as well as in the authentic Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said, "I came to some people, or I met some people, and they were denying these things." So Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu said to him, These people are really liars. They are big liars. So do not sit with them." Also, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him. That is Abdullah and his father Al-Abbas he said لا تجالس أهل الأهواء فإن مجالستهم ممرضة للقلوب he prohibited us he said don't sit with the people of desires the people of innovation for verily sitting with them is a cause for the heart to become sick that is to be corrupted it affects your heart it is important for us to remember that this matter is not just an intellectual matter. Some of us may think that we are very intelligent and we can sit and listen to these people. We can differentiate between the truth and falsehood. We can detect that uh, those lies or falsehood that they are carrying with them and we would not be affected. But we have been warned in the Quran from sitting in such places or sitting with such people we have been warned by the Prophet ﷺ and by the companions of the Prophet ﷺ that sitting in such places and listening to such speech or reading the books of the people of deviation affects the heart not just the mind Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma may Allah be pleased with Abdullah and with his father Umar ibn al-Khattab uh, a man said to him that so-and-so, such-and-such person, is saying such things. Yani some of the speech of the people known as the Khawarij, who deviated from Islam and held some false beliefs. Someone came to Abdullah and mentioned to him some of the sayings of these people. So Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma prevented himself, that is Abdullah prevented his own self from listening 
to what that man was reporting to him from the Khawarij for fear that some of it would enter his heart. Yani, he didn't even want to hear someone passing on to him the speech of such people. It is also reported about one of the great Imams, Al-Imam Al-Awza'i, who died in the year 157 in the middle of the second century. He was one of the great Imams of Fiqh. It was said to him that verily there is a man who says, Ana ujalisu ahla sunnah wa ahla bid'ah. That man said, I sit with both the people of sunnah and the people of innovation, of bid'ah. I sit with these and I sit with those. Yani he was going between the people of sunnah who were on the right path as well as the people of bid'ah who were yani, astray. Al-Imam Al-Awza'i rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy on him, said, هَذَا رَجُلٌ يُرِيدُ أَنْ يُسَاوِيَ بَيْنَ الْحَقِّ وَالْبَاطِلِ This man desires to make equal the truth and falsehood. Yani he is dealing with truth and falsehood as though they are equal or they are the same. In other words, we have to deal with the truth differently than we deal with falsehood. We should go after the truth, we should study the truth, we should search for it, and we should sit with the people of truth. As opposed to falsehood, we should avoid it. We should stay away from it and we shouldn't listen to it if we can avoid it. Muhammad ibn Shireen, one of the great scholars, one of the imams of the Tabi'een, the students of Sahaba, it is reported that once two men of the people of deviation came to him and they said to him, Ya Aba Bakr, O Abu Bakr, yani that was his kunya, he was known as Abu Bakr, Muhammad ibn Sirin. They said, Let us narrate to you a hadith. He said, No. They said, Then let us read to you an ayah from the Book of Allah, from the Quran. And he said, no. He said, either you people will get up and get away from me, or I will get up and leave from here. So they left. And some of the people who were sitting with Muhammad ibn Sirin, this great scholar from the students of Sahaba, they said to him, oh Abu Bakr, what is the problem? Or what would have been the problem if you had listened to them recite an ayah from the book of Allah to you? What could have been wrong with such? He said, Verily, I feared. Inni khashitu an yakra'a alayya ayatan fayuharrifaniha fayukirru dhalika fi qalbi. He said, I feared that those two people of deviation, that they might have read upon me or read to me a verse from the Quran and they would have distorted it. Then that distortion might have remained in my heart. So again, you see, the point here is that the hearts, which are very sensitive, can easily be affected by falsehood and deviation, and we should protect our hearts by not letting anything touch it in any way, as best as we can avoid it. Another great scholar, Al-Hassan al-Basri, who died in the same year as Muhammad ibn Sirin, in the year 110, both of them were imams of the Tabi'een, imams of the students of Sahaba, Al-Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, he said, do not sit with the people of innovation and desires. 
nor argue with them, nor listen to them. Yani, don't sit with them, don't argue with them, and don't even listen to them. These are some of the sayings of some of the scholars of the early generations from amongst the Sahaba and the Tabi'een, and also of the later day scholars or those who came some little while after them. We find that many of the scholars felt such danger from the people of innovation that in their books they used to make a special chapter or a special section just to warn the people from sitting with the people of deviation. Certainly some of us, we might think, what's wrong with sitting with such people? Yani, isn't this being a little rigid? What about if that person is my friend or my neighbor or my relative? The warning of Allah is sufficient for us. And if we add to that the warning of the Prophet wasallam and those great scholars from amongst Sahaba and the Tabi'un and those who came after them, it should be sufficient for us to know the danger and to protect ourselves from such. Al-Imam Abu Dawood, in his great book, The Sunan of Abi Dawood, a great book of hadith which contains almost 5,000 hadith of ahkam, of the rules and laws concerning Islam, and it is one of the greatest books of fiqh. Though in fact it's a book of hadith, but also we can say it is one of the greatest books of fiqh because it is fiqh based on the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. In that book, he made a special chapter. The chapter of turning away from the innovators and hating them. Al-Hafidh al-Munzari, who died in the middle of the 7th century of Hijrah, in his great book, Al-Targhib, Al which is a very important book of hadith containing those hadith which encourage the Muslim to do good and put fear in his heart from doing wrong. It is a great book for every Muslim, especially in our time, when we need encouragement to encourage us to do good deeds. He narrated so many hadith from the Prophet ﷺ in which the rewards for good deeds are mentioned and in which the punishment for evil deeds or sins are mentioned. In that book also he made a special chapter deterrent against loving the people of innovation since a person will be with those whom he loves. The Prophet ﷺ once was asked by a man about uh, when would be the hour, when is the day of judgment. The Prophet ﷺ said to that man, instead of answering him, he asked him a question. He said, what have you prepared for the day of judgment? Yeah, and don't be so concerned about when is the day of judgment, but be more concerned about preparation for it. Have you prepared anything for it? That man said, I haven't prepared much, but I love Allah and His Messenger. The Prophet said to that man, that a person will be with whomever he loves. So it is important for us to be with the people who we want to be resurrected with and the people who we want to be sent to their final destination with, that is the paradise. We should avoid the people of innovation and the people of deviation and be with the people of Sunnah, the people who follow the Quran and the way of the Prophet and his companions, so that on the day of resurrection, when the people are judged and sent to the hellfire, to the paradise, that we will be with those whom we love, that is the people of paradise, insha'Allah. Al Imam Am Nawawi, who is the great scholar of the Shafi'i Madhab and scholar of Hadith, who wrote so many books, including the explanation of Sahih Muslim as well as the famous 
book which is translated into English, Riyadh al-Salihin, The Gardens of the Righteous, and the small book of hadith called uh, Al-Arba'in al-Nawawiyya, 40 hadith. Al-Imam al-Nawawi in one of his books called Al-Azkar, the book in which he mentions so many hadith of the Prophet ﷺ concerning the remembrance, the words of remembrance, dhikr and supplications. He also made a special chapter in that book of supplication and remembrance of Allah entitled Disassociating from the people of innovation and the people of sin. That is, separating ourselves from and trying to distance ourselves from those people who deviate from the Quran and Sunnah and those people who uh, love to be in disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Imam Al-Bayhaqi, who was also a scholar of Shafi'i Fiqh, and he wrote many books, amongst them the famous book of his, Al-Sunan Al-Kubra, the book of Sunnah, the major book of Sunnah, Sunan Al-Kubra. He also in that book, uh, not in that book, but in one of his other books, Al-Atiqad, where he discussed the Islamic beliefs, made a chapter entitled The Prohibition or the Forbiddance of Sitting with the Innovators, and so on. So many of the scholars have yani, made special chapters or special sections in their books, and even some have written books exclusively on the topic of warning from innovation and sitting with the people of innovation. Of the later scholars, from more recent times, Al-Imam Al-Shawkani, Muhammad ibn Ali Al-Shawkani, who was a great scholar of fiqh and hadith and tafsir from the people of Yemen. He died in the year 1255. He also, uh, after mentioning the above ayah, which we previously mentioned in the beginning, he said uh, about this, he said, uh, this verse contains a severe reprimand for those who allow people to sit with the innovators. Those innovators who twist the words of Allah and play with the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah. Who refer the people to their own misleading desires and wicked innovations. He said the Qur'an contains a severe reprimand for people who allow the sitting with the innovators. Since if he is unable to reprimand them and change them from what they are upon, then at the very least he should avoid sitting with them. There are neither scholars who may be able to correct those people or to uh, show them their error, then perhaps from amongst the scholars there are some who might go to them who might try to advise them and correct them and warn them but as for the common people it is not the right of the common people to sit with the innovators he said if he is unable to reprimand them or change them from what they are upon then at the very least he should avoid sitting with them and that is easy for him not difficult it is easy to avoid them and the innovators in addition the innovators may make use of his presence with them even though he is free of their mistakes, even though he is, following, he is not following their understanding or their innovative practices, though a doubt by which, but uh, even though he is not following their mistakes, but they might use his presence with them to mislead the common people. Yeah, I need to make the common people think that they are okay or that they are on the right path because of the presence of someone from amongst the people of Sunnah sitting with them in which case his presence will cause an extra evil in addition to just listening to their evil speech. So here 
we have been warned not only to protect ourselves, but also not to give away to the people of deviation to mislead the people by our presence or our association with them, which might make people who respect us or look up to us think that these people may be okay and they might also listen to them or sit with them. From amongst the Imam, Al-Imam Malik ibn Anas, Rahimahullah, said in the book of Imam Badawi, Sharh al-Sunnah, how evil are the people of innovation? Al-Imam Malik said, how evil are the people of innovation? We do not give them salam. Yani this means, of course, the people of innovation means those people who follow deviation, who reject the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and even after approach is made to them by the people of knowledge, and the proofs are, prevent, are presented to them, they insist on following their deviation. He said, we don't even give them salam. We don't say to them, assalamu alaikum. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah said, that a person meets Allah with every sin, except shirk, except worshipping something other than Allah. Any other sin that you may meet Allah with is less than meeting Allah with any of the innovated beliefs. Yani the innovation in our beliefs or innovation in our religion is worse than other sins except shirk. Abu Dawood al-Sijistani, the scholar of hadith who wrote the book or collected the book Sunan Abu Dawood, he said to Abu Abdullah, he said, I said to Abu Abdullah Ahmed ibn Hanbal, Abu Dawood was a, was a student of Imam Ahmed, he said, if I see a man from Ahl Sunnah sitting with a man from the people of innovation, should I abandon speaking to him? Yani, should I abandon speaking to the person who is from the people of Sunnah if I saw him sitting with the people of innovation? And Imam Ahmed rahimahullah said to him, no. You should not avoid or abandon speaking to the people of Sunnah. You should first inform him that that one whom you saw him with is a person of the people of innovation. You should first inform him. And this is a basic principle in Islam that a Muslim has the right of nasiha from another Muslim. And before we abandon anyone or separate from anyone or accuse anyone, we should first advise that person. We should first talk to them and make sure that they know that what they are doing is wrong. Perhaps they didn't know. So he said, don't abandon him, but first tell him that that person whom you saw him with is from the people of innovation. Either he will cease speaking to that innovator after you have informed him, and in which case you would continue speaking to him, or if not, if he continues after knowing that this one is from the people of Bid'ah, if he continues having association with that person and keeping friendship with that person, in that case, you should discontinue speaking to him. You should stay away from him. As the Prophet ﷺ said, and it is reported also from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, a person is like his friend. The Prophet ﷺ said in authentic hadith, Al-Mar'u ala dini khalilihi, that is the person is following or follows the way of his friend. Al-Mar'u ala dini khalilihi, fal-yanzur ahadukum may yukhalil. Then every one of us or every one of you should consider or look to and think about who he takes for a friend. A person will be upon the religion of his friend. So everyone must consider carefully who they take for friends. Qadi Abu Ya'ala 
rahimahullah, said in his book, Hajra al-Mubtadi'a, or avoiding or abandoning the people of innovation, he said, there is ijma' or consensus, there is complete agreement from the Sahaba and from the Tabi'un as regards the fact of abandoning or disassociating and cutting off our relations from the innovators. This is something about which there is ijma' or consensus or agreement amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and their students, the Tabi'un. In concluding this point of avoiding sitting with the people of innovation or the people of uh, desires, we quote from one of the contemporary students of knowledge, Sheikh Ali Al-Halabi, who says, since ruling about a newly invented matter, that it is innovation, Making such a ruling is a judgment in accordance with scholarly principles and fundamental guidelines. Yeah, I mean, there are principles and guidelines for making such a judgment. So as for a person committing this innovation, then he may, it may be that such a person, yeah, I mean, we have to consider, though the action of that person or that belief might be innovation, but we cannot just accuse people or judge people to be innovators without looking to the circumstances of that individual. Perhaps that person might be a mujtahid, a scholar, who can make ijtihad, who is looking to the text of Qur'an and Sunnah and the consensus of Sahaba and coming to a conclusion or a judgment. And in his ijtihad, he may make a mistake. So if such a person who is a mujtahid, a scholar, makes a mistake, even then, we are prevented from describing him as an innovator. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that the mujtahid, when he makes ijtihad, sometimes he would be correct, in which case he would get two rewards. One reward for making the effort to reach the conclusion, and the second reward if he is correct in his conclusion. And if he is incorrect, then he would get one reward. That is, the reward for making the ijtihad, or the effort to reach a conclusion based on the evidences of the Qur'an and Sunnah, but he wouldn't get the second reward if he erred in his judgment. So in such a case of a mujtahid, a great scholar who follows the guidelines of Qur'an and Sunnah but makes an error in judgment, if he falls into some innovation, we don't call him a mubtadi'a or, or an innovator. It, also, we may consider that such a person who might have practiced some uh, innovative practice or may have some belief which is not really correct from the Qur'an and Sunnah, it may be that that person doesn't have knowledge and in their ignorance that person has taken on such practice or belief not really knowing the correct way. In that case also we should not describe such a person who has not yet been informed of the correct position of Islam. We shouldn't say that person is an innovator because they have done this thing only out of ignorance were someone to inform them and show them and bring them proofs then they would leave that practice or that belief and come to the correct way so in that case also, we don't have the right to call such a person an innovator, but in fact, that person should be advised and informed and corrected. There are other factors that might also possibly prevent us classifying or judging someone to be an innovator. It is not an easy matter, and it's not something that we should be quick to do just to call people innovators. But we, if we see people doing wrong, if we can, we should advise them and if we can't, then we should at least try to avoid those people, especially 
if the basis of their religion, not just in some small matters, but in the fundamentals as they understand Islam, are in contradiction to the Qur'an and Sunnah. However, as for the one who persists in his innovation, after the truth has made clear to him, either due to following his ancestors, he said, this is what I found my people doing, uh, or following that which he became accustomed to, without consideration of whether it's right or wrong. That person who persists and insists on following the wrong way, even after it has been made clear to them, in their case, the description as being an innovator, fits such a person, and it is proper that they should be classified as such. Because they have de- deliberately rejected the truth, and they have opposed the tru- truth, and they have made themselves distance or far from the truth, uh, making false excuses for it. So, when this is understood and adhered to, it will clarify many doubts which are raised against the people of Sunnah from the opponents of the Sunnah, those who falsely call the people of Sunnah, yani, who claim or accuse the people of Sunnah of declaring the scholars to be innovators and, and declaring the great ones of this Ummah, those who yani, we know from their works, from their books and their efforts, we don't call those people innovators, even if they may, may have made some mistake in their practice or in their belief out of their ijtihad. Uh, we don't call those people astray, we don't call them innovators, and we don't say that they are misguided. But in that case where they made an error, we followed the correct opinion of the scholars who followed the correct way, and we only leave them on that point which they erred in. Secondly, on the point of debating and arguing about issues of controversy in the religion, Allah warns us in the Qur'an that this leads to separation of the people and it is the main cause of the many different groups or sects that we find today in the Muslim world and even in the non-Muslim world, even in the places where the Muslims are minority, we find that the Muslims are divided into different groups and parties. And Allah warned us in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Rum, 30th chapter of the Qur'an, verse 31 and 32, he said, and be not like the mushrikeen, the, the polytheists or the pagans, those who disbelieve in the oneness of Allah. Those who split up their religion and became sex by innovating or introducing bid'ah into their religion and following their own desires. Each one of those groups rejoicing in that which is with it. This in fact, is a warning against the pagan, the pagan disbelievers. But that description is a blameworthy description which Allah described the pagans with. Certainly, it is not befitting for a Muslim to uh, be described with such a description. That is, those who have separated themselves or divided themselves or split up their religion into sects, each one rejoicing in his own way as though his sect or his party or his group is better than the rest of the Muslims. This is something that we should avoid. It is a blameworthy characteristic of the disbelievers, the pagans, and it is not proper for any Muslim to have the characteristics or descriptions of the pagans. In another place in the Quran, in Surah Ghafir, verse 4, Allah says, مَا يُجَادِلُوا فِي آيَاتِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا That no one argues and debates 
and makes controversy in the verses of Allah except those who have disbelieved. So you can see from this ayah that argumentation and debating and controversy is of the characteristics of the disbelievers, those who argue about the ayahs of Allah. And Allah says also in another place in the Quran, مَا ضَرَبُوهُ لَكْ إِلَّا جَدَلًا بَلْ هُمْ قَوْمٌ خَصِمُونَ That they haven't made such examples for you except to argue with you. They only want to argue. They are people who love arguing. In Surah Al-Zukhruf, verse 58. And in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, مَا ضَلَّ قَوْمٌ بَعْدَ هُدَى كَانَ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا أُوتُوا الْجَدَلِ That none of the people have deviated or went astray after having been on proper guidance. Yani after the people were on guidance, they never went astray except if they were given to argumentation and disputing and controversy. Yani this arguing is one of the also one of the causes that led people after having guidance to have went astray. In another place in the Quran, in Surah Al An'am, chapter six, verse sixty eight. Allah says, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ يَخُوضُونَ فِي آيَاتِنَا فَأَعْرِضْ عَنْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُوضُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِ And when you see people engaged in vain discourse or false discussion about our ayat, then turn away from them unless they turn to a different conversation. Yeah, I and mean, when the people are arguing and debating, don't even listen to them, let alone join in it. Al-Imam al-Sabuni, who died in the year 449, in the middle of the 5th century of Hijrah, he said about the people of Sunnah, a description of the people of Sunnah, how are they? He said they follow the early predecessors, that is the Sahaba and the Tabi'un and those who came after them. They follow the Imams and the scholars of the Muslims. They cling to the deen, to the firm way. And they cling to the clear truth. They hate the people of innovation who innovate into the religion of Allah that which is not from it. They do not love them. They do not keep company with them. They do not listen to their sayings, nor sit with them, nor argue with them about the deen, nor debate with them. Rather, they protect their ears from hearing their futility or their falsehood, things which if they pass through the ears and settle in the hearts, will cause harm and cause doubts and wicked ideas to appear. So we should avoid this argumentation. There is no good in it. There is no benefit in it. It only leads to corruption of the heart and leads those people who previously had guidance to go astray. It is reported in the Sahih of Muslim, the Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and also reported by Al-Bukhari that the Prophet ﷺ said, أَبْغَدُوا الرِّجَالِ إِلَى اللَّهِ الْأَلَدُّ Al-Khasim, that is, the people who are most hated to Allah are those who love to argue and debate, those who are more involved in this arguing and debating. Omar ibn Abdul Aziz, the great Khalifa of the Muslims, after the four, first, the four companions of the Prophet wasallam, said that whoever makes his religion as something open for controversy and arguing, 
then that person would find himself changing from one position to another continuously. Yani he would never stay on any firm position, but when he opens up his religion for arguing and debating, he would from one day to another change from one position or one idea or one belief or one practice to another from time to time, yani regularly. Al-Hasan al-Basri said to a man who wanted to argue with him, أَمَّا أَنَا فَقَدْ أَبَصَرْتُ دِينِي فَإِن كُنْتَ أَضَلَلْتَ دِينَكَ فَالْتَمِسْهُ يعني, As for me, I know my religion. يعني, it's clear to me. My religion is clear. In other words, he's saying to him, I have no need to debate with you. If your religion is lost, if you are astray, then go and search for it. So he was making it known that when people want to argue and debate, if you understand Islam and you know what is the Qur'an and what is the Sunnah and the correct way, stick to what you are upon, don't argue with those people, let them go and argue with those who are lost like themselves. This is some of what the scholars have said concerning this issue of avoiding uh, sitting with the people of innovation and avoiding argumentation and controversy and debate on the issues of religion. It is our position that we should try to go to the books of the scholars who are well known, study those books of the scholars, spend time in reading the Quran, reading the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, sitting with the people of Sunnah, uh, under trying to give ourselves over to understanding the deen as much as we give ourselves over to attaining worldly things. Many of us spend plenty of time in those pursuits of which there is no benefit and in the matters of deen, learning our religion and understanding religion, we have very little time. Know that we will be questioned about this matter. We will be questioned how we spent our time, how we lived in this world and we will not have an excuse to say that we didn't know if we didn't try. The Prophet made us to know that it is an obligation for every Muslim to seek knowledge. It is obligatory on every Muslim to search and to seek the knowledge to study their religion so that they can understand. And Alhamdulillah, in this day and time, it is not difficult for us for the English speaking Muslims. So let us take advantage of this opportunity, uh, use our spare time and devote ourselves to learning the correct way and understanding the deen and following these principles, uh, sticking to the way of the Sahaba, avoiding innovation, avoiding controversy and argumentation and avoiding sitting with those people who are known to prefer deviation and to prefer their own desires to following the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the example of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. If there are any questions, inshaAllah, we may take them now.
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. There are two questions here that we will just uh, uh, address quickly. The first of them, question number one, if we are to abandon those people of innovations, then how can we inform them that they are in error? Uh, this is a very uh, important question. <laughs> uh, the abandonment of the people of innovation means that the common Muslims, the majority of us, as g- the general population of the Muslims, we should try to protect ourselves from those people who we know clearly that they are having beliefs contrary to Islam or doing things in the religion, in the worship of Allah that is not according to what Allah has commanded us or what the Prophet ﷺ have demonstrated for us. We should protect ourselves from those people by not having associations with them. It doesn't mean that if uh, there is someone who you know or you came in contact with and you saw them doing something wrong, it doesn't mean that you cannot bring it to their attention. If you saw someone doing something in error, it is right that you should say to them, Excuse me, brother. Excuse me, sister. Um, I, I noticed that you were, for example, um, praying uh, after the Asa prayer, after the performance of Asa prayer. And the Prophet ﷺ prohibited us from praying after Asa prayer. So this is an incorrect action. Maybe the person is unaware. It doesn't mean that we immediately accuse someone of being an innovator, but we should say to them, or we should advise them, or bring it to their attention, that there is a hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ prohibited us from praying after the Asr prayer until Maghrib. And he uh, also prohibited us from praying after the Fajr prayer until sunrise. If someone has performed, for example, the Asr prayer, then they shouldn't perform any other prayers after Asr until sunset, until the sun has actually set at the time of Maghrib, then they may pray the Maghrib prayer or they may pray uh, Turaqa Sunnah before Maghrib prayer and so on. So you bring it to their attention. If they listen to you, fine. If they don't listen to you, we do not debate and argue with them. Our obligation is only to bring it to their attention. But the point that we are making this evening about avoiding the people of innovation means that we should not go to their circles, to their lectures, to their meetings, where they are teaching the people and calling people to innovation. But if you happen to meet someone in the course of your uh, activities at work or traveling or going from one place to another or in any public place, in a masjid or so on, and you saw that person doing something in error or heard them saying something incorrect, if you have the ability to bring it to their attention, you know what is correct, then you should tell them. The Muslim is uh, responsible to advise another Muslim when, when we see them in error. But as for going to their places of deviation, to their, uh, to their lectures and to their study circles and to places where they are calling people openly to innovation, then this is what it means abandoning the people of innovation staying away from them so that we don't listen to what they are calling the people to or what they are trying to teach the people of falsehood. Shukran. The second question regarding argumentation about religion, then what is your opinion about the man named Ahmed Didat? Is he in error too? Ahmed Didat is a very famous da'i who is known throughout the world. And we believe, and Allah knows best, 
that he is sincere in trying to uh, bring to the attention of the Christian people the errors of their book and the errors uh, in their religion. Inshallah, he is sincere. And we hope that Allah would reward him for his efforts which he has made in this area. We cannot deny anyone's effort from amongst the Muslims. If they have done something sincerely, inshallah, Allah will reward them. Uh, especially if that person is acting according to the best of their knowledge. According to Ahmed Didat himself, we heard from him directly. He said on many occasions that he is not a scholar in Islam. If you want to know about tafsir or you want to know about fiqh or such matters, he is not a specialist in this, ask somebody from amongst the scholars of the Muslims. But his area of specialty is comparison between Islam and Christianity or between the Bible and so, so on. So uh, we excuse him because of his lack of knowledge in the sciences of Islam. Perhaps he doesn't know that such argumentation and debating is not really from the way of the Prophet wasallam and from the, from the Sunnah or the way of the Sahaba and those who came after them. Nonetheless, even we hope that Allah will reward him for his effort, but at the same time, we don't say that it's correct to argue and debate with these people. And in fact, uh, there are some, like uh, Dr. Zakir Naik, who came recently to Doha, and he, he regards himself as a student of Ahmed Didat, and he himself even admitted, maybe publicly and certainly privately in some discussions that we had, that he tries to avoid such debates, he tries to avoid them himself and will only participate in a debate when the situation requires it. When there is a person who is attacking Islam and who is misleading the people and who is causing confusion and doubts in the Muslims who cannot defend Islam, then at that point there may be a need for someone from amongst the Muslims to respond to those doubts and those ideas that cause confusion amongst the Muslims to clarify the issue and to refute those people who are trying to mislead uh, the people. So even some of the students of Ahmed Didat, like Dr. Zakir Naik, they admit that having debates and arguing and things like this, this is not really the best way, and that it is not the most productive or fruitful way in terms of da'wah. But he prefers himself, as he said, to give lectures to Muslims or to non-Muslims about Islam and to try to avoid debates which is actually the correct position of Islam, and Allah knows best. Uh, since there are no more questions, and uh, it's almost time for the Adhan, inshallah, we will uh, end our discussion this evening now, and uh, prepare for Salat, so that those who are praying here can get ready for Salat, and those who are going uh, back to their areas may leave. Uh, so we close asking for Allah's protection, and His blessing, and His and to grant us understanding. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.